0: Welcome back everyone to a brand new episode of the Define University podcast. I am Lindsay Titus and I'm so excited to jump into this week's episode. So as I am recording this, it is Valentine's Day. It is February 14th. So I thought what better day to celebrate love and love for ourselves and love for who we are, right? Because we know a Defined University that is what I am all about, that as educators, we are so organically created to give to others, to serve to others, to be there, to hold space, to be compassionate, empathize all the things for everybody around us. And yet we, or maybe it's a me, I very quickly lost sight of that I even mattered in this world, that I was even worth loving. And I'm going to throw a disclaimer out there. This, that belief that I held, that part of my identity, that was from way before I ever became an educator. I think sometimes the field of education gets a bad rap because we constantly are saying things like teachers are burning out, um, you know, teachers are stressed, teachers are overwhelmed. And that is true. Please do not, don't hear me wrong. That is absolutely true. But what I know from my own personal experience is I was burnt out of life ever before I became a teacher, ever before I stepped foot into my first classroom. And so, yes, it could be really easy for me to say, that teaching or education or, or this field that I'm so passionate about was the reason for my burnout. It, that to me would be easy, but it wouldn't be truthful. And I think it's really important that as we learn to speak our voice, learn to be vulnerable, learn to be authentic, we have to be truthful, vulnerable, and authentic. We can't just pretend that it's all due to the stress and overwhelm of being an educator. And again, this is my story. Yours may be different, and that is absolutely okay. But what I know about me is my journey to self-worth and self-discovery and ultimately learning self-care. It was necessary before I ever stepped foot in the classroom I just never did it. And so then for so many years, I made this connection of it's teaching that's burning me out, that's stressing me. So if I leave teaching, then I won't be stressed, overwhelmed, burnt out anymore. And I found the exact opposite. Actually, I found more experiences of burnout. I found more experiences of overwhelm and more experiences of exhaustion. Why? Because I never came to terms with why I was actually feeling those things. Because see those identity that I created, that was created as a child. And so I learned, I can't just say it's teaching. I had to take really a big step I'm going to say metaphorically back because I don't believe we ever step back, but I had to take this metaphoric step almost outside of myself. And I know that sounds crazy, but I had to take this step back or outside, however you want to visualize it, and say, where does this coming from? Where does this limiting belief that my life has to be full of burnout, stress, and overwhelm, where is that coming from? And that stemmed from, like I said, childhood. It had really nothing to do with teaching. It's that my only way of handling my environment was through a lens of everything is stressful, everything is overwhelming, I never do anything right, this very, very, I'll call it pessimistic attitude, right, this identity that I was holding, so I believe so much in this work, because If we have beliefs that a certain behavior is wrong and I'm out there searching and trying to find the right strategy, I'm never gonna find it. And then I'm gonna be frustrated and I'm gonna say it's something out there when really it's my own bias to that behavior. Because the question to ask myself is, what's wrong with being wrong, right? What makes that behavior wrong? Because the reason you identify, I may not agree with. Well, then is one of us right or wrong? And hopefully you see where I'm going with this kind of tangent that I'm on, but that we very quickly make things about right and wrong. And if it's right or wrong, it's about me and that ego view I'm having when really, what is it that the student needs? Let's bring it back to that. And I think that that example really melds beautifully to this conversation we're having today about you know, my own personal journey to self-care, because it ultimately came down to me saying, What do I need? (laughs) What is it that I need? How can I care for myself? And so that's what we're going to dive into today. And hopefully these past few minutes have really kind of provided that that understanding of why this work is so important. And I think it's one, it's going to help us. It's going to help us individually, but I really do believe it's going to help us as a community, a community of educators coming together to say, yes, we do incredible work. We do work that is, is at times overwhelming. We do work at times that is emotional and is built and anchored to so many feelings because we're working with people and people have feelings. But if we keep blaming our field and we aren't looking within, we will never find an answer that is good enough. We will never find that thing outside of ourselves because the answers that we are all seeking are within ourselves, are within us right now. And so this is where should bill comes to play. Don't do things because you think you should. Do things because you you chose you choose to do them, right? I chose to go into teaching. That is a profession that I chose. I said yes. I said yes to my current job. I said yes to what I'm doing, which means I say yes to it all. Now, I have the choice to, to the viewpoint, the mindset that I hold as I'm saying yes to things. And I look at things through a lens of what is the purpose and what is the intention. And if I don't know it, or I disagree with it, I have the ability to voice that, but I also have to learn and understand that I may not get, quote unquote, my way, but then I also remind myself it's not about my way. It's about what's the best way. And that may not happen the very first time I voice my opinion, and it may not happen the first time you voice yours, but keep showing up. Keep asking the questions. Keep doing what you know is best in this moment and then be expansive to learning and growing from there. I just read a quote on Twitter earlier this morning that says, is it ever okay to tell students that um, because I said so is the response? And one of my favorite people in the world, Brian Mendler, wrote back and said, is it ever okay? Yes. Should it be the, the go-to response or, or the most of the time response? No. And I, when I read that, I had a, a similar but different take on it. And I, I, my thought was back to the original question, right? Of, is it ever okay to say, um, because I said so? And my thought is, if you as an educator are saying that, would you be okay? Or what is your response if your administrator says to you, because I said so, or because the district said so? And again, it may not be in those words, but it may be, you, you get where I'm going with this, Right. So, so often we expect things of other people that we are not willing to do ourselves. So if I'm telling my students, because I said so, well, can I, as the adult, handle that reaction when in, a, when in someone, you know, when my, when a leader tells me that? And so I don't know. Again, I digress, but this is, this is what's on my mind. And, and you guys know on the podcast, I've kind of shifted away from scripts. I've shifted away from, you know, full notes and things like that, because I want it to be authentic. I want it to be what's on my heart and on my mind. And I think, and I trust that what comes out of my mouth is what's meant to come out of my mouth. So hopefully that's all making sense so far, but let's let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to, again, what what, what the purpose of this episode was. And it was really to talk about this journey to self-care. And I think it's really important that I mention that my journey really has two main parts. There's my journey up until 2018, and there is my journey after 2018. And so when I look at self-care prior to 2018, it was really something I did after a situation happened. And it could have been either a really great situation or a really terrible situation. And ultimately, it came down to two words. And it was these words that I said, like, I deserve this, right? I deserve to do this because, now here's the key part because we do deserve a lot of things and you deserve a lot of things, but here's what I did. I turned it into a kind of almost a negative contingency. So I deserve a day to do nothing because I just had the hardest week of my life. I deserve to go out to the spa because I just had a really bad observation. I deserve to not open my backpack this weekend because i had a parent yell at me yesterday hopefully you see where i'm going with it. everything is after the fact i was using self care to justify my actions and here's the key when we do that the only way that self care then is valuable to me is after something challenging happens or after something quote unquote terrible happens cuz that's the mindset i held again, prior to 2018. Well, that's terrible, right? That's no good. We don't want to experience these things so that then we get to do the things that ultimately, hopefully, bring us joy, right? It's backwards. It's backwards thinking, but I see educators do that all the time. I will see that. I'll ask them on Fridays, what are you doing for you this weekend? And they'll say, well, nothing. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. And then I ask the next week, hey, what are you doing for you this weekend? Oh my gosh, I am doing nothing. I am net- I'm binging Netflix, I'm doing all these things. Oh, yeah, how come? What's going on? I had the worst week of my life. Okay, all right, and I get it. I get it because I lived it, right? I've lived it for longer than I've lived this new way. But here's the difference. After 2018, I look at self-care as through a proactive lens, not reactive. I look at it through a proactive lens and I focus on self-worth. So I want to take a second and explain to you how I view these different. So self-care and self-worth, I do not believe are one and the same, but they relate together. And so if you will envision a, almost a self uh, or a Venn diagram, if you will. So the one bubble is self-worth. The one bubble is self-care and where they intersect in the middle is your self-transformation. So anybody listening to this, right? Part of the reason that you are, I'm going to say like energetically pulled to listen to this episode is because you are looking for a transformation, right? We all, I'm gonna make it a big assumption here that we're all aiming for transformation because we're all aiming for growth. And it may not be like zero to 100, you may be looking at zero to one, one to two, like small increments of growth. Because here's the thing, my, my thought is we're all growing or we all have a desire to grow because otherwise we're staying exactly flat where we are and that becomes boring, right? That becomes Groundhog's Day when we're not learning anything new because that's what growth is, right? I'm learning something new. Well, if we take that, that viewpoint from our self then and self-transformation, transforming just means I'm learning more about myself so I can learn and grow into the next level version of myself, into that next level self. Now you might be wondering, well, why is that important? Well, do you set goals, right? Stop and pause right now. What's the last goal you set? Can you achieve that goal today? Probably not, right? Because you set a goal for a future version of yourself. You set a goal for something you are not capable of doing right now. And that's not a bad thing, right? That's not a bad thing. But if we could do it now, if we had the skill set to do it now, it wouldn't be a goal for the future. But here's what we do, we focus so much on doing. What do I need to do differently? What can I do more of? And if you've listened to me for any length of time, you probably know where I'm going with this. It's not about doing, it's about who am I being? I've gotta change my identity to believe and trust and be the person that is capable of that goal I set for myself in the future. So, this is why self worth and self care coming together to self transformation is so important. Because I define self care as the practice, the actions we take to protect your own well being or your own inner happiness. Okay. So, self care are the actions that we practice. And I think that's important. They are not a one and done, they are something we do over and over. And over. They're part of our daily practice. And self worth is the regard that you have for your own well-being or happiness. It's the mindset you hold, the identity you hold, which is why if you are simply doing self-care, but you hold the identity that you are not worth it, guess what? You will never have that self-transformation. It's why I think self-care gets such a bad rap because people are saying, I did it and it didn't work. I did it and it worked today, but it didn't work tomorrow. The question I want you to ask yourself is, are you trying to fill your cup, right? That's the analogy we often hear, but you're filling your cup with a big hole in the bottom, right? I I will say all the time, self-care without self-worth, it's like filling a bucket with big holes in the bottom. You're going to keep doing and doing and doing. I'm pouring in the water, Lindsay. I'm doing all the things and I don't feel better. Well, Ask yourself, what's the identity you hold? Do you believe you are worthy as a person? Do you believe you are worthy of love? Do you believe you are worthy of the world around you? Because I didn't, prior to 2018, I didn't. And it's why I looked at self-care as a savior, as my rescue, to help me avoid the challenge I went through. And now I own the challenge because the challenge is growth. I get excited when I don't know something, I get excited over the uncertainty because that means I'm gonna learn something and that means I'm gonna grow. And then the self care, the practices I do every single day, they are no longer something of the future. They're something I do today. So I'm ready for that next challenge that's coming because I know it's coming. It's not done. Challenges are never done. And I'm getting excited because I'm ready because my cup is filled every day by the daily actions I take because I believe 100% in my self love, my inner self worth. Hopefully this is making sense right? When we are doing, 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 I've talked about the logical level before, right? If I want to change my behavior and I simply do more in my environment, I will never have long-term success. When I go all the way back to the bottom of the pyramid that I learned from Jim Fortin, who learned it from Gregory Bates, right? This is not a new concept. But when we go all the way back to the bottom of the pyramid, it's identity. Who am I identifying as? Who is my identity? And once I know that, once I can figure out who I identify with in myself, and in that inner person, well, then, then I get to change the beliefs, the limiting beliefs I'm holding into truth statements. I get to build my skills and what I'm capable of. I change my behavior and therefore the environment is also impacted. So we have to really look at, or I guess we get to is a better way to phrase it. We get to look at what's working for you and what's not. And, and the actual piece of what do I do for self-care, the answer is already within you. Sure, you can go read every book on the topic. You can read every blog post. You can talk to every coach. But you will only find their perspective of what self-care is for them in some way, shape, or form. I want to tell you to look within. I want to tell you to spend a few minutes jotting down what is it that when you do it, you feel joy. You feel excitement, you get a smile on your face, you feel free. And if that's hard for you to answer, that's your challenge for the week. Every time you do something, rate it on a scale of one to five. How did I feel when I did this? And then at the end of the week, look to see what are your ones? Do you have to keep doing them? Or can you change them in some way, shape or form? What are your fours and fives? How do you embed more of that into your day? Because I can sit here and tell you what I do for self-care. But I'd be, on, I'd be here for hours because I do not have one thing. I think, again, that's a big myth that I see, that people think self-care is one thing. No, remember back to the definition. Self-care is a practice of taking an active role in protecting your own well-being. Well, there's there, there, that means, let's just give some quick examples. That means that saying no to something could be a form of self-care, but saying yes could be a form of self-care. That means going for a run could be a form of self-care and it means taking a nap could be a form of self-care for the same person, (laughs) right? Like it doesn't mean, well, I run and I love how I feel when I run, so I'm gonna always run as self-care. Again, be careful of the all or nothing trap because when we do things for all or nothing, we lose sight of the intentionality behind it. Sometimes I am not a runner, but I'm friends with a lot of runners. And I know people that run because it does make them feel good. But on some days they run because they're so frustrated and it's the only like pounding the pavement is, is, is that, uh, that alleviation of the frustration they're feeling. I run, I know some people that run because they've made a commitment to themselves that they're going to do intentional movement for a hundred days in a row, right? We do things for different reasons. So be careful of the all or nothing. Our lives are filled with polar opposites and it's why this is so important. It's why knowing the why is so crucial because I could say, well, I said yes. Well, I also then said a thousand no's, right? If I said no, I said, I said, if I, if I said no, then what am I saying yes to? That's a tongue twister, right? In and of itself. So one of the things I want you to look at when you're talking about self-care and one of the things I've learned on my own inner journey of self-care is, am I looking at it through a lens of I'm looking to gain something or I'm looking to escape something right we all know escape is one of our four functions of behavior our students do it yes adults do it too okay this is not a kid thing this is a, a human thing and so, so I could get on my soapbox on that one but here's what happens we want to try and escape those feelings right something happens it was hard it was tough it was challenging so we try and escape those feelings but here's the thing the event happened the event happened I cannot escape the event because it happened in the past I can't go back in time. We don't have that ability. I can't go back in time and change things and and make it better, right? But so I can't escape that. But I can try and escape the feelings. And I say try because, again, you can try. But they're feelings, right? We are meant to feel them all. You're not only meant to feel the side of the equation that has the, I'm going to call positive feelings. We're meant to feel it all. And we feel them often together, okay? So you can try and escape the feelings. But if there's from those feelings, there's a lesson to be learned, I'm trying to keep this simple. So that's why I'm kind of stumbling over my words. I'm trying to break this down into the simplest format. So think of it this way. When there's feelings, when we get that like surge of feelings that overwhelm, whatever it is because of a situation that happened, there is a lesson to be learned in that moment. What the lesson is, that's up to us to figure out, right? It's not like it comes in the mail to us in a nice Amazon package and says, here's the lesson today, right? We've got to figure that out through the inner work, Okay. So until you figure out what the lesson is, we will continue to experience that lesson over and over and over again. Here's my quick example. When I left teaching year five, I, again, I fell into that excuse of burnout Well, it's It was this, it was that. I was full of blame for everybody around me. It's their fault I'm leaving. It's their fault this didn't work out. It's my admin's fault for not supporting me, right? I did it all. I actually did a podcast episode on it, right? Asking for support ultimately led to my resignation. And I was so full of blame and so full of hurt that I was like, well, it's them, not me, okay? Well, then I went and found another job. And within, oh, let's see, about a year, (laughs) I was like, well, it's them, not me again. And then I took another job. And this one was, was four years. It's, well, and then it was, it was them. They closed. They closed all of a sudden. It wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. It was them. And then I took another job. And a year later. <laughs> and finally, thank the Lord, I, I found a coach that said, Lindsay, do you see the pattern? And I never did. I honestly never did. I never saw the pattern until she pointed it out to me. Until she said, take a look. You haven't learned the lesson yet. I said, well, what's the lesson? She goes, I can't tell you. I can't tell you the lesson. Just like I can't tell you the lesson to your experiences. She said, but what I can tell you is go back and look at reasons. Look at the why. Look at the purpose behind them. And figure out what have you been running away from? What have you been trying to escape? And I said, okay. And it took it took a long time. And it took... <laughs> It actually took a very long time for me to figure that out. And ultimately I was running away from the pain of my childhood. I was running away from the pain of having no idea who I was because I was so codependent on other people to tell me who I was, to to make me feel valued and important in the world because that was something I was dealing with from childhood that I kept taking jobs where I got to be the savior. I got to be the person to take care of everybody. I got to be the person to come in And and save the day and fix the system. Well, then once that happened and I realized I don't feel anything. Like this isn't what I want life to be like. Well, then I started to do the inner work. And now I'm doing the inner work. And it's not about the job. Because again, if I kept job hopping like I was doing, I was going to keep job hopping because the lesson, I hadn't learned the lesson. And so, you know, again, you may be wondering, how does this all relate to self-care? And hopefully you see by now the the challenge. I think the reason self-care gets such a bad rap is because it's not one thing. It's, you know, I often even look at it again. Sometimes I think just by changing the language we use is such a big impact, right? So if the word self-care to you, like makes the the skin on your, or the hair on your skin like bubble and you're like, oh, I just don't like it. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Ask yourself, how do I care for me? Because <laughs> that's what self-care is, right? How do I, go back to that definition, how do I practice every day taking an active role, right? Not passive, active. An active role in protecting my own well being That's it. Self-care is protection. Self-care is protecting who I am so I can keep showing up as I am with what I have, and I can keep learning and growing from there. So we've got to lean into those emotions, right? Because that's huge. So stop minimizing those feelings you're having. Stop waiting for someone else to justify what warrants a specific emotion. Stop waiting for someone to say, yeah, that really sucks. Go ahead and be upset about that. No, if you want to be upset, be upset, but own that you are upset. One of my biggest pet peeves, I I, I wasn't going to go here, but again, um, my goal is to be authentic and vulnerable with you. One of my pet peeves right now with this, with the global pandemic, is that when people say every educator is struggling or every single educator is challenged or just the word every, because it's not true. I am an educator and I am not struggling. I am an educator and I am not overwhelmed right now. I am, a, I am, I have moments. I have moments of, whoa, what is that? But those are moments. So I think when we overgeneralize what is going on in the world around us, we lose. We lose. We give our personal power away to somebody we don't even know. And so I'm here to tell you, own your power. Don't look for someone else to justify a feeling in you. If you are feeling it, feel it. But then ask yourself, is it serving me to stay in this feeling? Is it serving me to stay miserable? Probably not. I'm going to hope not, right? So then ask yourself, what actions can I take to protect how I want to feel. If you don't want to feel miserable, then you've got to do something different. If you keep doing what you're doing and holding the mindset you're holding, you will keep feeling miserable. So you have the power to change. Stop waiting for permission from somebody outside of you. You, as the educator you are, have permission to tell yourself that this feeling isn't serving you and that you get to take action not because you're miserable, though, remember. It's not reactive, it's proactive. You're taking action because you are so valuable of living the life that you want, of living a life full of well-being and purpose and passion and happiness and joy and impact. And we can't impact people when we're miserable. So it's time to take that step back, step outside of yourself and ask yourself, where am I? Get so aware of where you are right now. What are you feeling? What are you doing? What are you owning? And then accept it. This is a huge piece. Accept it. Where you are right now is where you're meant to be. The universe doesn't do anything wrong, so where I am is where I'm meant to be. Feeling miserable is where I'm where I'm meant to be, and then I find the lesson in that, right? And then acknowledge. Acknowledge where you wanna to get to, right? Where is, what's that future feeling or goal you have? Acknowledge that. Those three A's together, awareness, acceptance, acknowledge, those are your self-worth practices. That's how you figure out who you are within. And then the fourth A is action, right? And that's your self-care. That's the actions you take to protect your well being so you are ready for what is coming your way. We are strong as educators. We are so, so strong, but never lose sight of your inner strength because, in my opinion, that's what matters most. So, there you have it, everybody. There is my journey to self care. I know we went on a couple of tangents, but hopefully, it all comes full circle to you for you on this Valentine's Day. So, if you love this episode as much as I love sharing my heart with you on this day, I would so love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, you know all the things and share this out, would If I would love it if you would share it out on social media, tag your friends, tag myself, let's get educators fully defining who they are through the Define You movement, through the Define You community, so we can continue showing up with our inner strength, so we can continue connecting with our students and our staff and our colleagues and our families, and most importantly, connecting with ourselves every single day. All right, everybody, stay tuned. I will have a brand new episode for you, same time, same place, next week. Until then, keep owning who you are, trusting who you are, loving who you are, because they will help you define who you are. So with that, everyone, have a magical week ahead, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.